what we learned from that and what probably one can transfer to what the space as a whole should certainly do in the next days and weeks ahead is to make sure that whoever is actually investing in the strategies now really understands why strategies made money in 2014, why they potentially can make money in 2015, but really explain investors what are the driving factors that it's not just a wonder box where every single month and yeah you will now make money because it just happened in 2014. This is Bastian Bolesta, co-founder and CEO of Deepfield Capital in Zug, Switzerland, and you're listening to my year in review on Top Traders Unplugged. Imagine spending an hour with the world's greatest traders. Imagine learning from their experiences, their successes, and their failures. Imagine no more. Welcome to Top Traders Unplugged, the place where you can learn from the best hedge fund managers in the world so you can take your manager due diligence or investment career to the next level. Here's your host, veteran hedge fund manager, Niels Kostrup Larsen. Welcome back, Bastian, for this review of 2014, where we look at the big events from the point of view of your trading strategy. I want to explore both the ups and the downs, as well as the big takeaway from what can only be described as a great year for systematic trading strategies in general. But as you and I know, just because you're systematic in your trading, it doesn't mean necessarily that your strategy deals with market events in a similar way. So let's jump right into it. Tell me about 2014 from your perspective. How did the year evolve for your firm and, and your strategy? Hi, Neil. Thank you very much for having us again. Great. Um, it's a good opportunity to look at this very, very exciting year, um, particularly because it has been so different on the first half in comparison to the second one. Um, let's start with the more tricky part. In the first half, it was basically, from our perspective, how Singularity trades. You might remember it's a highly reactive trading program, um, trading hundreds of strategy combinations uh, across these different asset classes picking it on a monthly basis and an allocation process. So from this highly reactive perspective, um, the first half of 2014 was a continuation of 2013, um, or autumn 2013 um, um, to be more precise. And this has been a very tricky environment for us. Uh, we were facing an environment where you saw a lot of markets moving in a um, sideways pattern and uh, to a larger degree in, in very narrow range-bound trading as well. And the, and the ranges became narrower and narrower. So that's when we actually built up our drawdown. We slowly bled out over time, beginning in autumn and entering 2014. We saw some light here and there because some months offered a little bit more opportunities than the others. But all in all, it was a really tricky environment. And then we were actually entering the second half of the year, um, where markets started to leave these ranges, we saw more volatility coming into the markets, providing us with more and more opportunities um, across the different asset classes. And the beautiful thing about it, once you had an opportunity in, in one instrument or one particular market, um, a couple of days later, uh, another market was actually moving in a certain uh, um, pattern. And so we had alternating opportunities in the different markets and saw a really strong recovery in the second half of the year. So it's a twofold 
uh, perspective and looking on 2014 um, has been certainly uh, a rough environment in the beginning and uh, we learned a lot of important lessons on how to deal with a drawdown, how to communicate um, 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 the environment you're facing and the consequences for the trading program, um, convincing yourself that you're still on the right track and then actually getting um, the positive feedback from the market that you actually did exactly the right thing by by staying straight on the road and uh, yeah, finishing the year with an all-time high um, um, recovery program is back on the positive side. It's our fifth positive consecutive year. So it has been a very emotional um, roller coaster ride in 2014, I would say. Yes, absolutely. And I, and of course, I do remember our conversation because it was one of the ones where probably there was more laughter uh, than in any other episode due to the fact that <laughs> we both were reminded of the Despicable Me movie. So if people don't know what we're talking about here, they should go back and listen to our conversation uh, from a few months ago. Now, speaking about Despicable Me and the way you select trading models and the team, did you see a lot of people... Uh, or models, I should say, um, and I forget the word, the way you describe them, small fellows, I think you call mm -hmm. them. Did, Correct, yeah. did, did the team change a lot during the year? Because uh, for people who don't know, you actually select a new team theoretically on a monthly basis. How did the team evolve? It's basically from, from a top-down perspective, you see a quite evenly distribution of the different fellows in terms of, let's say, short, mid- and long-term strategies. But um, as long as a certain market environment persists, um, um, as likely it gets that you see gradual shifts towards a certain direction. And um, the, the long-term fellows, for example, on the equity side, they became a little bit more concentrated um, um, than they used to be uh, probably a year ago, something like that. But at the same time, while this might be something one can, can note and, and think about what are the positive or negative consequences of that, uh, we saw in, in the second half of the year, in October, for example, and in December, which was the perfect storm um, for us from a positive side, but um, a very difficult environment for many other players, um, the, the long, longer-term concentration, having slightly more long-term fellows on the equity side than before, did not really hurt us because we could ride the roller coaster in October where we saw, remember, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was around 10% drop from the S&P in the S&P from the mid-September sure. till the uh, mid-October. Yeah. And that basically meant for us, if you look on the, on the little fellows, what did they do? Um, a lot of these um, long-term S&P um, strategy variations, they actually lost in the first half of October because they could, they could not escape um, the drop in equity markets. But at the same time, the more reactive ones, the short-term ones, they actually hopped right on, on, on the downwards movement and started to make money quite fast. The mid-term ones, they are half-half, I would say. Some of them actually lost money first, but then they could gain. Some others did not make any money um, in, in this particular first movement. And then when a lot of other programs were stopped out and, and myself from a fundamental perspective I've thought okay that's the beginning of the end so to say and now we will see a continuing drop in markets that's when the market um, suddenly um, um, recovered very fast um, you saw the turnaround which actually resulted in um, the, the faster fellows making money again um, now the midterm ones as well and in the end because the S&P ended up being slightly up for the months even the long-term ones did not suffer, but actually contributed slightly. And this is basically the perfect market environment where you can play the strengths of 
being diversified across different types of strategy variations and um, timeframes. And it doesn't really matter if you see um, um, a gradual shift into one direction or the other, as long as you have enough opportunities across the different asset classes. Sure. I wanted to ask you a little bit, um, what about in terms of contribution uh, for the year as a whole? Where did you see positive contribution versus negative contribution? Uh, and I, I, here I'm not so much thinking about the fellows, I'm more thinking about the markets uh, in, mm-hmm. in, in that regard. The interesting aspect when we did the analysis for the entire year that um, actually equity markets were quite, showed quite a large contribution, particularly in, in the months where we saw more volatility in the equity markets. I just referred to October and December has been another example case okay. where basically the entire S&P contribution in particular was pushed um, to the top top rank, rank of um contributing in 2014. Um, then then we see um, the energy markets as an, uh, a second very important contribution, but interestingly, not oil, but natural gas, um, which actually has dominated um, the last couple of months of the year and was only put to third um, ranking basically by um, oil in, the, in December, where oil was stronger. Sure. And this is somehow driven of course, by the monthly allocation process where the strategy elements are selected or the little fellows, but it is also um, a direct consequence of the introduction of our automated market selection process, which we started in May and then which was fully uh, implemented in in August. And I can still remember when we talked with our investors about it in October where um, uh, crude has just been added, or actually it was Brent at the time, but Brent has just been added to the portfolio. A lot of people actually argued that from a fundamental perspective, there was a strong movement in, in energies already. The, the, the play was over. Why do you start adding it now? And basically, our, our monthly allocation process selecting markets takes a certain while until it reacts to a certain movement because you might remember it ranks these markets in, in, in a certain order and then um, allocates or selects strategies from these selected markets. So it actually every single month a market might be part of the allocation or not. And it's always in relation to the um, development of the other markets to its own development. And um, oil just entered this potential to be allocated ranking um, um, in October. So basically this was already late for some people because they argued, well, there has been a lot of movement going on already and you're too late. Um, it, now it's a no-brainer to add it and probably it's already over. And uh, fortunately, this was wrong because uh, it continued till the end of the year, as everybody knows. And uh, the program um, was confirmed in actually allocating um, additional strategy elements to the energy sector and benefited from that movement. So even the second half and these uh, fall in energy markets further confirmed um, our research on the market selection process and we're really happy that the overall thing turned out as it turned out. Absolutely. Which market, uh, where did you lose money in uh, 2014? We lost in um, the Nikkei, okay. which was a pretty bad market in the beginning and due to um, its overall um, weakness in comparison to the other markets, it's actually currently not part of the allocation as well. Sure. We're currently at nine markets. You remember every month it's basically as, as a selection. We currently have up to 23 and Nikkei is not part of it. Okay. So we could have made up part of this loss. So it's probably an unfair um, um, comparison if we say the Nikkei was, was weak or um, the Euro-US dollar was weak as well, but um, the Euro-US dollar has not been part of the allocation for the last couple of months. So it could not make 
uh, up for it for the loss it it sure. cost in the first part of the year, sure. and this has been um, in a very critical aspect as well. Where you have to look at how your portfolio allocation takes place. If something is not good for a certain period of time, um, and it might be kicked out, and you just miss out the recovery um, which might take place in that particular market. But um, doing the analysis and actually seeing how the portfolio shifted towards um, um, more beneficial markets, um, overall, um, it has been confirmed that this was much better than actually keeping the Euro-US dollar. It would have contributed positively for sure, but uh, the other markets were um, much stronger contributors, and so it um, totally made sense in the end. Sure. No, I'm, uh, I, I completely agree. And that's obviously part of your your overall strategy, the way you allocate to markets. So, um, but on that subject, so to speak, uh, obviously we had a year with some big moves. You mentioned some of them, um, and uh, you know, commodities for sure had some, some uh, you know, fairly uh, large moves in in certain sectors. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the trading models can capture these moves well. And you've already touched a little bit upon it. But I just want to ask you, sort of more concrete. Were there any markets, whether it be from the model's point of view or whether it be from not being selected as a market, where you feel that maybe we should have done a little bit better? Mm. In terms of that um, missing opportunities left on the plate? Yeah, uh, either from you know uh, models not being uh, well suited for the moves because as as you know to give you an example I mean uh, some markets had some 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 great moves and and uh, for example people will normally think of equities being a, a good contributor it was for you but I also know many trend followers who didn't necessarily make a lot of money from from equities so this is what i mean that that a market can can have a good move but it doesn't necessarily mean that that you capture it so was there anything that stood out for you saying well you know maybe we should have we should have done a little bit better here because there was there was opportunities we just didn't get them yeah it's, it refers a little bit to what i just said earlier that the market selection process um, has been introduced as a fully automated piece in May um, slash August. Yeah. And it has been part um, of our research for quite some time, um, but has not been um, on the focus. So if we had worked there a bit faster or harder, um, an early implementation would have saved us um, losses, um, particularly in, in, in on the currency side. Okay. And um, so I would I would approach your question more from... Um, not making losses than actually um, not uh, capturing opportunities. Our program is so fast in in and 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 diverse in terms of strategies or trend following strategies being active in these markets. It's it's less likely that you're not capturing something um, if it's really there. It, um, it it is more the case that a market pattern or how the market moves is just not suitable for the way you're trading. And um, so the focus on not losing money uh, gets um, um, higher importance, I would say. And um, we're really happy with the overall development in search of research implementation. Um, it has also told us that we have to have additional resources on that side, that we have the right ideas and um, we should implement them faster. Uh, we just hired a new chief technology officer um, who will take care of the on the programming side, which will um, um, open up um, our resources and capacities on the research side where Heiko, the portfolio manager, or let's say head, head of research basically, um, can now fully focus on that aspect. And this has already helped us um, tremendously in the last couple of months. So um, 
I would argue that um, it has been more important for us in 2014 to not lose money in certain markets than actually trying to perfectly capture new opportunities. Sure. Sure. I mean, clearly the year was, and, and you already uh, mentioned that, uh, it, it was a year of two tales. I mean, the first three months uh, for for the index uh, of, of uh, systematic traders was was uh, quite tough. And, and then suddenly uh, everything changed. And we had, I think, eight out of the nine remaining months uh, of the year was positive. And of course, what people will remember 2014 from is probably some of the events that we saw obviously the ukraine crisis and and russia's uh you know involvement uh, and of course oil i mean oil is on everybody's mind uh, as we speak right now um if you look at the uh, models and you look at the um selection process how would you say and and i'm trying here to 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 bridge the gap between describing events that often people think are negative um, for their portfolios, and, and they may well be if they're traditionally invested. But as you also know, that uh, in the alternative investment world, where we can go both long and short, that doesn't necessarily have to be a negative. Um, so can you describe and bridge the gap between how some of these events or any other event that I haven't mentioned, how your strategy your portfolio uh, reacted to this in in sort of a, in, in a visual way mm -hmm. it it is it somehow goes back to um, the environment of 2013 continuing into the early 2014 and now basically seeing some kind of change or um, people argue that now markets are behaving normal again i don't know if this is the normal or the new normal and whatever is normal sure. but uh, certainly we see more volatility we um we see uh, markets reacting more to events you just described mm -hmm. uh, in contrast to um what i would probably refer to as political intervention or polit politicians making some kind of um comment and markets overreacting to it um totally with a lot of intraday volatility very spiky which caused a lot of fake outs for uh, programs like ours right. and in the end, nothing has happened this has basically been an environment in late 2013 and also to a larger degree for the first half of 2014 and this has disappeared and with with the disappearance of 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 these um, intraday events and, and overreactions to non-news, um, our larger daily losses have disappeared as well. So that um, we have returned to a pattern which we're more used to from the times before, that um, you have economic data releases like non-farming payment data, or you have the Fed um, um, decision coming up. So there is certain volatility which is connected to um, um, an event as well, which infuses a lot of movement or more movement into the markets. But the markets are not doing nothing before that and afterwards. No, it's actually, it's more a continuance of volatility you have already seen the days before that a particular event. Before that, you saw these parallel shifts, nothing going on, a jump up or down, nothing going on. And if you're not already positively um, 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 positioned for that particular movement, you lose out on the movement and you might be um, you might actually be wiped out afterwards because there's no continuing movement or even correction. And um, as a highly reactive program, you actually want to see the volatility before, during and after such such um, an event. Might it be ge geopolitical or might it be um, a rate decision or something like that? And we're seeing 
uh, less nervous immediate reaction to such events, but actually more overall volatility, where you see you have more different opinions in the market and they're not just fighting their battle on a particular day, on a particular news, but it's going on more on a continuous basis, which re relates to a higher volatility environment. So interestingly enough, I think what you're saying is that despite some big events, the trends themselves became more stable rather than, you know, being erratic as we saw maybe early on in the year. Yes, uh, that, yeah, because I would say the, the drivers for the trends are different in comparison to the years before. It, it, it relates a little bit more. If you, if, you, if you hear a certain piece of information, if there's certain news coming out and you see what's going on in the market, it, it somehow makes more sense, I would say, um, in comparison to, let's say, 12 months ago. Sure. Where, where um, you have the government shut down in the US and nobody actually cared about any other news. Um, the European Central Bank could actually say whatever they wanted to and everybody was looking towards the US, which actually tried out the entire volatility in the market and nothing was going on, which is really difficult for an, uh, a model or a program which actually loves volatility and fast movements. Sure. If you look at 2014 as a year, what would be your highlight? What would you think back of as, as the highlight for the year? <laughs> Definitely the end. <laughs> uh, quarter 14, uh, the uh, last quarter uh, was, was just great. Um, we somehow had the feeling that um, the overall development is, was moving towards our way of trading. So mm -hmm. we got more confident after we saw um, our drawdown basically in uh, until April. And then in May, um, an early slight recovery started. And uh, the, the perfect thing for us was in, in August, we um, started a new 2x share class in the fund for all the fund investors, um, somehow um, making an argument, we believe that we are in an environment or, or in a development where uh, we see positive times ahead, more opportunities for our way of trading. This was in August. In, in September, we went up with our partner's money on a Forex trading again. Uh, before that, um, historically, we have always been on Forex, but temporarily went down up to two and a half X only in, in the very difficult times. And um, in September, back on Forex. And we launched um, an equity program, basically taking the singularity um, trading philosophy, just applying it to the euro stocks and S&P. So just equity exposure in October. And if you look at just these events where we somehow pinpointed um, um, at a certain point of time where we said from here going forward, it will be different based on what, how we see markets and what the models are currently doing. And then it actually happens. So I would love to forget about the first half <laughs> or actually the first three quarter and just focus on the, on the last quarter. Of course, the learnings of the time before has been really important for us. And we have already discussed it in our last interview, but uh, it, it just has been perfect in the last couple of months. Um, we actually also made money when, when the space um, um, was making money at different months. We were up in October and December. The space made a lot of money in August and September and November. So that helped us as well because it's, it further stresses our idiosyncratic profile. So if you already have exposure, you, you don't mind to add us because there might be some additional benefits. So it has just been perfect. I could not wish for more. Sure. And I will not forget the first half, but somehow if I can. 
parts of it maybe <laughs> sure no i mean you already touched on some of the, uh, on, on some of the the things that i wanted to ask you next about new changes uh you know and you you've already mentioned that so i just want to add one question um sort of out of the blue here because you mentioned it what did you see back in september that made you go this is it we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna offer a, a double leverage version we're gonna take our own money to forex because at the end of september i would argue if i look at at sort of your returns and 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 the industry returns nothing really decisive had happened at that time it wasn't that we already had seen massive returns coming in they all came in q4 so so what made you you know the t- for the timing point of view what made you do it before q4 or at the beginning of q4 it's probably if if you look at the um the equity markets the S&P if i'm not mistaken um dived in september so we actually saw volatility coming in into the game um it has not been a large move but sure. um it 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 was definitely definitely not just a continuation and reminded us a little bit of what actually had happened in august and august was a very beneficial or not very beneficial but better months than the months before and so there there were there were indications in the different markets that um um you saw a little bit more volatility coming into play and uh, markets leaving the narrow range bound trading still not um, large trends appearing but at least leaving 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 these ranges and uh we felt very confident about the uh implementation of the monthly allocation uh, not monthly allocation the market um selection process because it has been done before and we had traded it live since may but it, it the idea of actually um identifying toxic diversification where basically markets are diversifying your portfolio but they're overall so loss making the way you're trading it that you cannot compensate it with the rest of the portfolio and if you save on this toxic diversification um that's that's more than actually half 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 of the rent it's basically and uh, uh the understanding and and com- and confirmation we got from that implementation helped us to say that will be different for sure it will be different in the next couple of months we don't need major changes in the market um to be better than in the last couple of months because we can we we addressed one of the shortcomings without actually um changing our way of trading it's just an automation of what we have been doing before and uh addresses uh, some of the shortcomings so sure. and that's that's probably it what? No. and uh, it was it was further confirmed than when when um in in september we saw additional movement october was i would say the the first real confirmation that um the timing in terms of inception of the new share class and and changing um leverage on our principal assets has been the right timing sure well as they say timing is everything so you certainly uh, proved that point in 2014 um let me ask you um a slightly different question and it goes something along the uh, the line that you know 2014 will to some respect remind investors of 2008 meaning cta is doing much better than uh, many other strategies but it wasn't a disaster year for equities or anything like that so it's it's certainly not the same but but it is the same when it comes to ctas or systematic strategies uh I would say massive outperformance of all other strategies. Uh, um, so 
What happened in 2009 and 10 was that we saw a big inflow into these strategies from uh, a lot of different kinds of investors. But what we also saw was that subsequent to a couple of, uh, you know, challenging years, let's call it that, um, most of these investors disappeared again. And I think you and I talked about that in our longer episode that you also had some experience in that regard. So the question is, how do we we avoid that 2015 or 2016 for that matter becomes a repeat of this period where we see this massive influx and then massive redemptions uh, in, in, in us as managers individually, but also the industry as a whole? It's a very good question. Probably a question a lot of people are thinking about. It, <laughs> well, they the should. Moment. I mean, they hopefully, should because it wasn't hopefully. exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think uh, a lot of these inflows in 2008, we haven't been open for external investors. We traded our own strategies at the time, but um, we haven't to have did not deal with external investors sure. at the time. So we did not suffer from, from that poison of investors chasing past performance. But we suffered from it a little bit later. We, we were up since inception in 2010. So that's basically our fifth consecutive positive year. So we had performance and people actually invested based on performance. And now we had our drawdown. Of course, we lost investors as well. So I what we learned from that, that and what probably one can transfer um, to what the space as a whole sh- should certainly do in the next days and weeks ahead is to make sure that whoever is actually investing in the strategies now really understands why um, strategies made money in 2014, um, why they potentially can make money in 2015, but really explain investors what are the driving factors um, that it's not just a wonder box where every single month and 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 yeah you will now make money because it just happened in 2014 um, um, and maybe as an as a manager you should not accept certain money as well uh, if you don't just want to have an increase of assets for a certain period of time until your next drawdown because you will always have weaker periods um, maybe they are a long time ahead of you so it's, it will take a while, but I would be really careful about um, accepting assets who are just chasing past performance. At the same time, um, having a strong year in 2014 for the entire space certainly helps um, all of us. Yeah, Even when you made uh, or were successful in being different, having uh, made performance when the majority of not or actually losing money at different times and making money at different times. But um, the space should not repeat um, the wrong promises or false perceptions um, it actually did in, in 2000 or the post 2008 environment. And that's actually what happened, I think. A lot of it's not, it's not unsophisticated money, it's just money chasing performance and necessarily not taking the time to understand what a certain program is doing and what to expect from a certain program in a certain market environment. Um, I would not say that 2014 has been the perfect environment for the space. So, so there were some larger trends. Um, in in a smaller number of markets, and they not necessarily continue. We are now below 50 in in crude and in Brent. Um, a lot of uh, classical trend following programs made money with the, with a short trade in energy. Yeah, I doubt that it will go to zero. So basically, um, there is not as much left. Uh, in terms of further development. And if you have a consolidation with sideways moving markets in energies, you have to come up with a new idea. And uh, investors have to understand that um, the programs captured a really good opportunity. 
and they might capture um, um, falling equity markets, but in some cases it will take longer because um, a lot of these programs benefited from slowly rising equity markets as well. So it will take time until they actually um, uh, turn around their positions and can go short because if they usually work with moving averages, it just takes time. So um, it's not even a direct protection against the portfolios. So people have to be careful in just um, drawing conclusions from what they um, experienced in the last couple of months. Sure, absolutely. I've only got one question left, uh, which is a short one. But before I go there, uh, is there anything just at the end that you want to bring up that I haven't touched upon that you think is important just uh, for people to consider as, uh, you know, as we sit in, in early 2015? No, I think we touched touched most of it. Um, it will be a really exciting time, and I'm looking forward to all these interesting com- conversations ahead. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, my final question is just sort of a, a one of those uh, odd ones that has nothing to do with trading or, or anything like that. But I just want to ask you what you would like to wish for the coming year. It's always health. It's a really easy one. It helps for all the people and uh, particular all people close to me, of course, if I only have a limited <laughs> amount of health wishing <laughs> left. But if, it, if, if it's sufficient for everybody, that health is important. If you're healthy, you can do whatever you want to do. If, you're, if you don't have performance, you can work hard to come up with a new idea. If you're losing money, uh, you can work hard to make money again. If you're losing investors, you can work hard to meet new investors. But if you're, if you're not healthy... And uh, friends and your families are not healthy. That's actually the worst thing. So that's the most important thing I would say. I and all the other stuff comes from from by from hard work and and sure. mingling with people and stuff. Sure. So. Oh, I think that's a very uh, very thoughtful uh, thing to bring up. Unfortunately, today, Bastian, our time is short. Uh, but for those who want to hear more from Bastian, then please go to the earlier episode that I had uh, with him on Top Traders Unplugged. I want to thank you again for being on the podcast and sharing your insights. I want to congratulate you and your team for another solid year as well. And I want to wish you and your firm the very best for the coming year. And I look forward to catching up with you later in 2015. Excellent. Thank you very much for the time, Niels. Thank you very much for having us. All the best. Take (laughs) care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Top Traders Unplugged. If you feel you learned something of value from today's episode, the best way to stay updated is to go on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show so that you'll be sure to get all the new episodes as they're released. We have some amazing guests lined up for you. And to ensure our show continues to grow, please leave us an honest rating and review in iTunes. It only takes a minute and it's the best way to show us you love the podcast. We'll see you next time on Top Traders Unplugged.